What just happened? The Jets were a bit crazy. What is Anna doing in there? She was just, she was facilitating, so I've never used this app before. <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode three of the Tub Hub. Uh, if this is your first time listening, we are exploring the word help in all its forms. When we ask for help, how we ask for help, who we ask for help, and how help makes us feel. But this week, we are joined by a good friend of mine, Mr. Andrew Clark. Mr. Clark, are you there? I am. I am here indeed. First time I've used this back. I've been in this house for two and a half years and it's the first time I've, I've used it. So, um, yeah, it's good actually. Underrated experience. I was just about to say to you, are you enjoying the experience so far? I am. I am. It's, I just went for a bit of exercise, so I should probably do this a bit more. I've added some Inca salts we got on holiday when we were in Peru. Um, oh, yes. It does kind of just give the water the appearance of, it basically looks like I've just got a load of water out of a ditch and shoveled it yeah. and, and, and poured it into my lap. But uh, yeah, it's, it's good, yeah, it's good. Good day for funnily enough, Funnily enough, speaking of Peru, I did a, um, a workout on Instagram a couple of weeks ago and the head, not even head teacher, the head of PE from a school in Peru messaged me on Instagram and was like, oh, I saw your workout. Um, obviously all of our school attendees, girls, because he runs an all-girls school, they're, they're missing out on PE. So would you be able to do a, a sports session for us live with your frying pan? I was like, of course I can. So I did this Zoom for a school, a primary school in Peru. I had 100 girls um, between like 8 and 12 on a Zoom with the headmistress and a couple of teachers with them like knocking frying pans about. Now... How weird is it that someone from Peru sees that on the internet and is like, yeah, he, he knows what he's doing. I'm going to put him in our school. No, it's good, though. It's good. That's exactly the kind of thing that's been, that's been happening recently. Um, I tell you what, though, if, they were, if that school was at altitude, then um, you'd have been in trouble. They could have left you <laughs> yeah. their yeah. uh, we, we were up at altitude for a bit, and it is. I've never, I've never done it before, and it is wow, it's absolutely brutal. It's so, it's a strange experience. There's about 12, 13,000 feet and, and that's high enough that if you walk quickly, you get out of breath. Oh, wow. Um, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's a really odd. It's really, really odd. Uh, and if you eat too much, if you eat too heavily, mm. uh, that, that, that can be a problem as well. And you've just got to drink loads of water all the time. If you don't, you just feel like you're hungover. <laughs> um, and you can, you can you can get it sorted quite quickly, but yeah, it was it's 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 a strange one. That it's a really interesting country, though. I I, I absolutely recommend anybody to go there. Wicked. Um, so Andrew, I I obviously do you want me to call you Andrew or Andy? Which do you prefer? Andy's more common. So cool. <laughs> I will I will call you Andy. Um, so Andy, I obviously know who you are, sir. Could you tell our listeners who you are, what you do? And to a point, how do we know each other? How have we ended up in the tub together? So I'm 42. I am married to uh, Amarachi Uzawuru, who is a good friend of yours and has been for a long time. So 
that's how come we know each other. We got married a couple of years ago. And as for work, I'm a boxing commentator for Sky Sports uh, and pundit, I guess you would describe it as. Uh, so I haven't got much to do at the minute because there is there is no live sport, although they did announce yesterday that as of, uh, it's Sunday the 31st at the minute, as of tomorrow, June the 1st, sport will be returning, some sport will be returning behind closed doors. So it might not be that long before I'm back in action, but, but yeah, I work in, in, in sport on TV, basically, is what I do, uh, and I live in East London. Awesome. And how did you how did you get into that, that line of work, Andy? So I... I started in radio, which was what most people did uh, 20 years ago, which was what most people did then, because there was a lot of stations that carried sport at that time. So it was, with enough perseverance, it was possible to get a foot in the door at one of them. And I was, I moved down to London from university because that's the easiest place to, uh, to achieve something like that. And there was Capital, um, independent radio news, talk sport, all sorts of different places. I started at TalkSport as a runner and just took it from there really. It's a very straightforward kind of business in that you're tested early on as to how much you want to do it and, and, and they, they test that out by basically not paying you anything <laughs> and, and working you hard. Uh, no is not a word that would ever pass your lips when you were asked whether you could be available to do something. Uh, the answer always had to be yes, and you just keep your head down and keep going, basically, and 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 hope for a few breaks along the way. And that's that's pretty much that's pretty much what I did. It was a great place to be because, although I didn't know it at the time, it wasn't particularly well organised. Talk sports. It was, it was a national <laughs> station, but it was a little bit uh, a little bit of a madhouse, and you got to do things much more quickly there than I would have done anywhere else. Do you think the landscape has changed now, Andy? As in, so you obviously spoke, you obviously spoke about how you got into the business. Um, you were a runner, you didn't say no, et cetera, et cetera. Um, for people wanting to get into your line of the business, it's now, sorry, for people wanting to get into that line of business, it's now 2020. Is that the same route or a similar route? No, it's, 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 a, it's a good question that, and actually it's, it's changed a lot because like I said, when I started, the traditional route was getting at a radio station and there were loads of local radio stations, independents and BBC up and down the country that carry sport, if sport was your thing. And as I said, with perseverance, you would be able to get in there some, somehow, even if it was a day a week, and then you'd look to try and make a mark and then you can, you can go from there. And that, and that was a great way to do it because you're in an office and you're learning stuff uh, and you've got producers and editors around you uh, and they're advising you and helping you. and you're just like a sponge, basically. It's not like that now because not nearly as many places uh, carry that amount of sport, like huge independent radio stations like Metro and Radio City in the northeast and in Liverpool, which commentated on every city. Capital. Capital sport was massive when I started, and now it basically doesn't exist, which would have been unthinkable at the time. So that route's not available anymore. So it's much more difficult to get in uh, at, a, at a radio station. What you can do instead is, is use the digital platform um, and get your own thing going on YouTube. But I do tend to think that that is more difficult. In a way, you can feel like you're making more of an impact sooner because you can put yourself to air immediately. Um, whereas, you know, if, if you're on a station, then that will happen when they decide you're ready for it. But attracting an audience 
is very, very difficult. And, yes. <laughs> and, you're, and you're a one-man band and you don't really have anybody particularly to, to advise you. So I think it's probably harder now. I think it is probably harder now. And, but it's worth trying to get in still in that traditional route. It's harder, but it's definitely better because I just think you, you learn more. And that obviously involves um, asking somebody for help, <laughs> which is to abide why we are here um, on this lovely podcast. So as I said before, this podcast is obviously exploring the word help. So I think our listeners are really interested in that question being posed to yourself. So is there a time that you'd like to, to share everyone that you've asked for help? Or like when was the last time you asked for help? Well, from the point of view of my career, I've, I've asked for help continually right from the very first minute because that, that's, that's partly what, what journalism is. You can't, if you're going to wander about pretending that you know everything and not look to other people for information, then you're not going to get very far because nobody knows everything. And if you don't know, you need to ask. And you need to understand that very, very quickly because... <laughs> yes. Flagging in any industry long-term isn't going to work, but particularly in mine, it, it will get discovered very, very quickly. And people will stop trusting your information. Also, if you say that you know something, then it turns out that you don't. Yeah. So there is, no, there is nothing to be gained from being stubborn about asking for help. It, it's, it's absolutely critical that you do it and that you realise that if you get put on something that you're not particularly familiar with. Um, what you do is you, you discover who you know, who does know about it, and then you ask them. And <laughs> that, that, that's how it works. And the, the only potentially tricky bit about this is deciding who you go to, because yes. you've got plenty of people who will, you've got plenty of self-appointed experts out there, but you really <laughs> need, to find an, you need to find an actual one who is happy to give you the time so it, it's it, it's an industry that is absolutely built around being open to admitting that you don't know everything being totally happy with the fact that you don't know everything and asking people to help you out and then the flip side of that is that people did that for me when i was when i was starting and not just with with actual jobs but with getting into the industry at all um and some of them were were quite high up but you know, you, you do a bit of detective work, and you get an address or an email address or a phone number, and uh, and, you, and you get hold of people, and, and nobody ever minded. So I don't mind now when people hit me up on LinkedIn or whatever it is. It's a lot easier to get hold of people now. Um, and then how do you how do you navigate that? You touched on it a few moments ago, Andy. Like how do you navigate deciding like who, as you said, who is a self appointed <laughs> industry expert and who actually knows what they're talking about like how do you find that out is that digging is that question asking is that network building or is that tell us well that really the, the, the longer you've been doing it the more experienced you are the more you get to know who, who the people are but when you're starting it's you just need to find someone who knows enough for for whatever it is that you're doing it might be advice on on interview technique or it might be details of an actual subject it could be anything and you just need to find someone who you trust who knows enough you're not going to go to the you know the world's leading expert on something <laughs> yes. um, 
no need to blow the doors off it. You know, you just you go to a kind of suitable, suitable level. But also, you know, it works a lot better if you find somebody who's willing to do it. Firstly, uh, and yes. also wouldn't necessarily. I don't know if enjoy would be the right word, but they're just that way. They're just that way inclined where they'll just yeah. say, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do this for this guy. You know, he seems like a nice guy. Um, and then, and... would you say that you are that way inclined, Andy? Because obviously, the next question is like, when last did you help someone, or did someone ask you for help? Yeah, no, I, I definitely am. I definitely am. And the, the reason I am is because people people did it for me when I needed help from them. Uh, total strangers. Um, well established in, in in my industry when I needed help from them or well asked for it uh, whether it's just a phone call quick chat some advice they always did it um, I can think of very few people who didn't and for the ones who didn't I just think they genuinely forgot I don't think there was anybody who thought oh no I can't I can't be bothered with that so I always do it if anyone gets in touch with me on LinkedIn then I always just suggest that we get on get, get on a call and, and and have a conversation because it doesn't take any of your time at all and it it can be really helpful because there's nothing groundbreaking that I can ever say to anyone I can kind of point them in certain directions but really just hearing someone tell you look if you want to do this enough and you try hard enough it will happen is is Sometimes that's all you need. You don't, you don't, you don't need the keys. You don't need the, you know, the nuclear codes. You just need someone to say, <laughs> you know, what you're doing the right thing. What you're doing is good. Keep doing it. Keep the faith. And at some point, if you're lucky, it'll happen sooner rather later. If you're not so lucky, you might have to hang in there a bit longer. But it will happen. Um, I love that, man. Because you were, you were one of the, the first people um, you and Amma who got in touch after I put out my first podcast or even the trailer and I didn't uh, message any of you guys and say oh hey what do you think of this oh look at this like you guys were genuinely interested and genuinely wanted to help as the first thing you guys said was this is a great idea it definitely has legs um, but if I if I could give you a little bit of advice that I think would help and I think things like that go um, a long way, especially in a time when we're all thinking about connections, thinking about networks, thinking about families, thinking about being closer. For you guys to take the time out and be like, oh, that's cool, um, but we're friends, I can help you make that better. Not everybody is like that, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, I'm just saying, that's why I guess I posed the question to you, are you that kind of person? Because I knew you were that kind of person. You wouldn't be in the bath right now. You wouldn't be married to Amma. You wouldn't be in the position that you're in if you weren't that kind of person. And I think a lot of people who, whether it be they're listening or, or not listening, don't seem to, to realise that sitting at home with the, the doors closed and not popping their head up and being like, I need help, I need assistance, or helping others is is more often than not just going to stunt your progression or your growth. Yeah, I, I think I think sometimes it, I think an interesting part of it too is is I, I think people's willingness to ask for help. I think it can come down a lot of the time to their to their background um, because I do a boxing podcast with a with a Sky colleague and we were talking to a young fighter. 
young female fighter, uh, a relatively new professional. She's not actually um, that young in terms of age, but, but new to professional boxing, which is strange or business. And it is definitely one of those businesses where you need to be an open book and ask for help anywhere you can find it, no matter how tenuous the link to that person might be. You just have to do that. It's how it's how it works. And she said to us, she said, look, I really, she said, I know I need to do that, but I really struggle to do it. Um, she grew up in London, mm -hmm. um, working class uh, in a city, and which is the total opposite to me. Um, we, we could not be more different, me and her. I'm, I'm white, she's black, I'm male, <laughs> she's female, I'm heterosexual, she's homosexual, I'm middle class, she's working class. Like, there was nothing in common in our, in our backgrounds there. Um, yeah. Just a coincidence that, but and what she said to me was, she said, the, the problem is, she said, she said, the background I'm from, we don't ask for help. That's not what you do. You do it by yourself. You grit your teeth, you get your head down, <laughs> and you do it by yourself. Um, yeah. But the background I'm from, it, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. You, you look at things and you just think, okay, well, you know, do a bit of ducking and diving and what do I need to do to do? You know, you're going to have to work hard. That, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a given, but... Uh, the idea of asking somebody else to help you out with something, it's just, it's just something that I always thought, I just thought that was how everybody did it. Yeah. But, it, but it's not, is it? No, it's that, and that's what, actually it was me, you and Amma <laughs> that were talking about it. As in, some people are brought up to, as you said, grit your teeth, get your head down, crack on, and asking for help is a sign of weakness or asking for help is a sign of vulnerability. And I don't know at what point it was that I picked it up. And I don't know if it was my parenting, I don't know <laughs> if it was, but I've always been in a circle of friends where like you, you, you ask for help, but it's never emotional help. It's always kind of, ah, oh, I'm moving house, can you help me with this table? Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. last week, it's never like you never ever ask um, for money. You don't you don't tell people you need money. You you eat bread, drink water, and con and continue to tell people that all is well. Yeah, when yeah. In actual fact, all all isn't well, and I'm, I'm not sure when it happened, but actually, it started to happen. Weirdly enough, as I as I got into running, um, as my mind started to to open up a little bit, as I think whatever whatever trauma it was <laughs> that I had growing up was still was still like present, and as I guess I started to to open up emotionally st after I started to to hug more people, I started asking for for help more often, and I realised that the world that we live in. As you said, no one is going to frown upon you for asking for help. No one's going to say, oh, my God, what a loser. Why, why has he come to me to ask for help? When I've come to, to those people to ask for help because I respect them, I see them in a position, not, not necessarily of power, not necessarily of influence, but it's like, oh, you've, you've managed to do this. Like, how, how did you do that? And when I first jumped out of, I guess, full-time employment in the public sector, that's how I got out of the public sector. Obviously, like I worked my, my ass off, but the first thing I did was go to friends who, 
either never worked in the public sector or never had a full-time job and I've said to them right how the hell do you waft around with this this no nine to five but you you got a house you pay your bills your family's happy like everything's cool but you don't have a nine to five like how, how did you do it and they took time out and said right this this is the blueprint this is what you do and similar to yourself that's why with hard work that's why i'm in the position i'm in now so nearly everyone that comes to me as long as they're, they're looking for help ethically and they're not gonna mess me around i, I help as many people as i possibly as I possibly can but that has come over time and that has come from I guess rewiring a lot of the things that have come naturally to my brain. What's what's interesting about what you just said there as well though is that the going self-employed is it's absolutely the kind of thing where you do need to speak to people about it because it is quite daunting. I've been self-employed for a long time now, but I did the same thing when, when I started. I just thought, God, this seems almost impossible. I'm gonna have to do my own tax, I'm gonna have to do my own tax, I'm gonna have to do this, I'm gonna have to do that. And then I just thought, but my mate Mike's self-employed, and with no disrespect to him, he's an intelligent guy, but if he can do it, then surely I can do it. You know, exactly. it's not it's not it's not like you're disparaging people but you just think like even even years ago when i was thinking about oh i want to do this and i want to do that and I thought, oh i don't know can i do that and then you just you just think and this is something that i say to people myself i just say look there is nothing special about me you nope. you, you want to do this you want to do this job um if I, you should look you know look at the people who are actually doing it and do you honestly think that they're that amazing that you can't do that of course not of course not um but anyway, I've kind of went off on a bit of a tangent there. But, but what, no, you go on, man. You, you said something very interesting there towards the end, where where you were saying basically that you need to weed out people who are going to ask you for help. Uh, and this is this will be more, maybe more in in a professional setting, but possibly in, in in a personal one as well. You need to weed out people who are going to ask for help, but never reciprocate it. Basically. And yes. I do think that's I do think that's that is that is important because nobody likes to be mugged off, do they? <laughs> it's not that's what I've got called a podcast. Yeah, for, it's it's not like I've got some kind of little little black book and every time I help someone I'll think, right, you owe me one now. It's it's not about that. But if it's someone who if it's some young lad who's going through college and asks me for some advice, of course I'm not going to think, right, that's a, 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 <laughs> yeah, a little tick. tick in the margin. Some, that's not it at all. But, but if it's somebody who I know at some point in the future almost certainly will find themselves in the position to help me, and yep. when that opportunity presents itself to them, they don't do it. If I, yep. I, I, don't like, I don't have spies out, but if it comes to my attention that... that, 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 that but if it comes to my attention that they've had the opportunity to help me and they haven't, yeah. then I'll just think, right, well, fuck you then. <laughs> why, 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 why should I? Why should I? Dude, um, I am... Um, it's never no stopped me. It's never stopped me helping other people in the future. I've been burnt a few times. Everybody has. Nothing major. But off the back of that, it's never made me all bitter and weird and think, right, that's it. I'm never helping anyone any, anymore unless they do something for me. 
in advance. You know, that is, yeah. that's, that's, <laughs> it's never turned me down that road. But at the same time, you have to look after yourself. And if, yeah. if you've got someone who's taking the piss out of you, then you need to, you can't, you can't waste your time on that. I've had it recently, actually. And I just thought, right, okay, well, that's, you know, me and you are done now. Yeah. Um, and I'm totally happy that I gave you every chance that I could and that I've been perfectly reasonable. And I'm not going to go and burn your house down. The next, <laughs> time you, the, ne- the next time you come to me for anything, it will be a firm no. Yeah. Uh, and if you want me to explain why, I will happily do it. <laughs> you know, to, to, to that person. if Because some people are just so... Oblivious. Yeah, they're so oblivious. It's like, oh, well, why not? And you just go, right, well, the fact that you don't even know <laughs> or have any, any inkling of the answer to that question just means that I sort of misjudged you to begin with. <laughs> yeah, this conversation could go no further. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly. I, I, say to, I say to people quite frequently, similar to yourself, it's because somewhat, you don't do things to, you don't help people out for reciprocation. But I always look at it from the point of view that this is a well. And if all we do is take from this well, at some point there's going to be no water left. So yeah. if you're not putting stuff back in the well, it may not necessarily be for me. It may not necessarily yeah. be for someone that I know. But Absolutely. if you helped me out, I think you're amazing. But I then kind of work backwards because it's like, if you've only helped me out because you think I'm going to help you out in return, but you're not really a helper. This is just a chess move of yours for the future. Yeah. And that's, that's very, very different. But everyone... But, but, really but having said that, but having said that, we all have to deal with people like that. Yes. Um, and I, I don't mind it because in, in, in boxing, for example, on the more business side of it, it is a very cutthroat business. And yeah. you can't... I'm not really on that side of it. If you're on the promotional side of it, managerial, whatever, it is a very cutthroat business. And you kind of, whether you want to or not, that really is how you have to operate. Um, you can't be just doling out favours for people because people <laughs> will take the piss out of you. They just will. Um, so I understand that there are there's certain people I, I, I don't really have to, we're in different areas, so it never, never really affects me. But I would be absolutely sure that the way that they would operate, their kind of verbal contracts or unwritten rule would be, if I do something for you, you owe that me. has that has yeah, you owe me, and that has to be something in it for me. Yeah. I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If, if if that's how you play the game, that's how you play the game. So long as you're kind of honest about it, but bored about it. So if you go to that person, you know, like, oh, if any chance you can help me out with a couple of tickets for whatever, and they do it, you know that you will be expected to do something for them <laughs> yes. of, of 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 a similar level. And yeah. I, find, I find the idea of that totally, totally reasonable. And equally, if they come to you for something, they will know, or they will expect, they'll even preempt it. They'll, <laughs> even, then, they'll even then do something for you or offer to do something for you, yeah. even though you haven't asked them to, because they want that wiped clean. They want it gone. Um, and do you think people coming into any industry, they're fully aware of how this, I guess, favor stroke repayment system works as in do you think we're taught enough about that side of the world in whether it's school or growing up as in there's no like i don't know social yeah there's 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 nothing that teaches you that part of business 
No, there isn't. I, I think I think you just I think that is just an experience thing, and I think you just have to. There's a kind of innate sense that's needed there to just understand the dynamic and what is and what is going on. And, and as I said before, sometimes early on you might misjudge someone as to how they are exactly, thinking that they're like you. Um, not that that makes them amazing, but that they, they <laughs> yeah. understand that that they understand that although you know there's no expiry date on this and if you don't repay me this with something similar in kind by you know it's not a contract but but they will understand that that what's what's kind of required um and then when yeah you, i don't, I, don't I think i, I think i think either you get it or you don't a lot of the time uh i mean there's been a lot of there's been a lot of talk recently about over the last few years um i love john ronson and, and read a lot of his stuff and, and listen to a lot of his stuff and you know, the psychopath test was big for a while, wasn't it? And still is. Yeah. People talk about that. They talk about people in business and in society generally having kind of psychopathic tendencies. And, and one of them is just complete lack of empathy and awareness and concern for anyone else remotely. <laughs> yes, and, but yourself. Yeah. And there are plenty of people around like that. I'm not some kind of, you know, evangelist. But and sometimes and sometimes I will do things for people almost begrudgingly because <laughs> I, I really I really can't be asked to do this. Yeah. Having looked at but having looked at it, it's clear to me that I should. Yes. So yeah, I, yeah. I don't do it with a big grin on my face, thinking, "Wow, I'm such a great <laughs> bloke. Look at me doing this, and how pleased I am to be doing it." But it might be it might be through gritted teeth, but I'll still do it. Yeah. Um, which ultimately is all really. All that really matters. Whereas you get plenty of people who will just, you know, they just they're not interested in doing anything for anyone else. And, they and so on the the positive can't side understand. Of they can't understand why that you would ever think that they would be required to. It's, and, it's bizarre. And on the positive side, you obviously said sometimes you do it through gritted teeth. More often than not, how does like helping make you how does helping people make you feel? And do you think it has like a positive impact? on your your well-being your life yeah i think i think it definitely does i think it's 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 helping people out is having being in the position to help people out is is a good feeling and whatever it is whether it's like you said helping a mate move house or you know helping somebody out with some money or just helping them out with a contact or or whatever it is it is it's definitely it's it's, it's good karma it's good for your soul uh without without a doubt and it's something that I think if you feel yourself getting kind of better at it, then that, that's quite satisfying. I felt myself getting a bit better oh, at awesome. it over the last few years since, since I met my wife, basically, because there are different categories of things, aren't there? Doing something for someone because you're in the position to do it and being in that position to do it kind of makes you feel a bit like the big man that, you know it's still a generous thing to do but it makes you feel good in that sense it doesn't make you feel like you're the king of the world and everybody should worship you but it's a good feeling isn't it if, if someone 10 years younger than you says to you oh Corey what you're doing is brilliant I really love to see what you're doing um you meet them you say yeah he's a, he's a you know they're they're, they're they're like me and you decide yeah. to help them out it's a good feeling isn't it you just think oh you know I've I've I've, I've got I've got to a level where I can 
I can help this this person out. It's not really that big a deal for me, but it's a big deal for them, and they're really grateful. And that you get that all round good feeling, ego satisfaction, <laughs> everything. Of it. Everything. Um, but what I've got better at, I think, over it's not great in it, but what I've, what I've got better at over the last few years because Amma is just genuinely very thoughtful and and generous is doing things for other people that aren't really that big but that I really don't want to (laughs) Um, because they're just because they're just boring and dull yes Um, like like maybe like like maybe stacking up a load of stuff at her parents house and taking it to the tip or whatever it is I don't want to do that yeah Um, but I mean who would want to do that I find myself uncomplainingly, she might, she might say different, but I find myself uncomplainingly doing more of that now. And, and I like the fact that I can, that I, I, I've now got, it's, it's a, I'm 42, it's not like massive progress, but it's like, it, it is still progress. That I've, that I've, I can see that I'm better at doing things with a bit of graciousness rather than doing them and being a bit of a dick about it. Yeah. Okay, I fully understand that. As I said to, well, I say this a lot, that helping helping people for me, one, it makes me like a, a better person, as in when I look at myself. And two, as you said, not many people have touched on that. So it's beautiful that you have touched on it. Like it gives you not an, an ego boost to turn you into a megalomaniac, but it's like, ah, oh, like someone just said thank you to me or I just helped someone. So I feel I did something good today. Just wander around with this big smile on your face, not because you're a megalomaniac, but because you're like, well, I've, like, I've done something good today. I feel good. And then Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think everybody likes to be um, stroked a little bit, don't they, every now and again. And someone, yes. saying, to, someone saying to you, oh, I want to do what you're doing, I aspire you know, it's like in brackets, I aspire to come up to be like you. Can you help me? That's that's a smart bit of work on their part, which is a nice bit of flattery. They're stroking you and it and it feels good. And it's probably gonna make and, and you know, but that's how people work, and it probably is gonna make you more likely. Um you'll have a little look at them first, but it's probably gonna make you more likely to to give them a hand. And and there's nothing, you know, there's nothing you don't you don't ever want to be in a position where you need that. But it's nice. You know, I know plenty of people who need that. And I just think they lead very strange lives. (laughs) You can't just say that. We need to touch on this now. What do you mean they lead strange lives? Well, just lives where you're in constant need of praise or reassurance or some kind of validation that... Yeah. I just, I think that must be exhausting for one and Mm -hmm. just an anxiety ridden environment or world to to live in that there's a lot of insecurity involved in that a lot of insecurity and what one of the strangest things about 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 tv uh not so much in my bit i don't think but but more in the showbiz bit i would guess but i'm not in it so i don't can't really say with any authority yeah. is that this idea of fame and being really, really popular and everyone thinking you're amazing, <laughs> that, that, that attracts people who actually are the least equipped to deal with it. Yeah. 
That's a good the least shout, equipped because they that is their world and it, it's I just find it's really 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 interesting that 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 yeah that that you've got that contrast there that absolute it's an oxymoron really in in a way it's it's people who who are just they are that's such a dangerous place for them to be in yeah where where approval is is everything um and you know that it's not going to last i mean it's it's just not how it works is it i mean it's really <clears throat> excuse me it's really scary to think that there are lots and lots of people out there who as you said they're not fully equipped well to be honest with you i don't think any of us are fully equipped to deal with the world <laughs> that we're living in right now but oh, i'd agree with that but people who i guess are quite anxious um about things like that to then in end up in an industry whereby you are constantly judged whereby you are constantly on show where people are constantly nitpicking at what it is that you're doing how you live your life basically everything is on display and that scares the absolute life out of me and i know it sounds weird seeing as like from the outside a lot of the things that i either do or i'm involved in or that friends are involved in are kind of leading towards being a little bit more in the public eye that stuff scares the life out of me don't get me wrong it's nice to 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 be recognized in the street or for someone to recognize your voice but being in a position where i couldn't walk out of my house and go and buy eggs without being mobbed or without someone taking a picture of me and sticking it on the front page or something saying, oh, Corey left his house wearing a vest and a hat and then critiquing the hat and vest <laughs> that I'm wearing. I couldn't, I couldn't live <laughs> in a world like that. Like you couldn't, you couldn't do anything. And like, I, I probably view myself as, as being quite mentally strong, but I think I'm quite mentally strong for the space that I live in. Like if I were to then move on into, I don't know, David Beckham fame, I would have to, to do a lot more bulletproof. Yeah, I, th I think it's, I think it's absolutely insane. I mean, it, it's, um, in a way, there are certain, if you're an athlete, for example, it just kind of comes with the territory. You're really, really good at something that people really, really like, and you're going to be famous, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And that's kind of different. The, the just, that the rapid pursuit of celebrity for celebrity's sake is the one that just blows my mind because yeah. I just, I don't, I just, I just don't get it. Uh, I, I just don't get it. And because people see it as a, a, a fast track to essentially not, well, kind of what I said before, not having a nine yeah. to five, as in like yeah, people, yeah. are people chasing this dream because they want to be famous or are they chasing that dream because they don't want to sit behind the desk? And I think that would be both, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so before we close, Andy, is there is there anything that you would like to add? Like, where can people find out more about you? And you obviously mentioned that you have your own podcast. Um, so yeah, I, I, I work for, for um, the Sky Boxing basically. So if you watch if you watch Sky Boxing, you'll see me on that. I do a podcast with Matt Macklin who's a former fighter who I work with a lot called Macklin's Take. You can find that. <clears throat> it's pretty niche. I mean, it's generally, it is boxing specific, but we don't just talk about that. Boxing's 
a very interesting sport kind of sociologically and mentally and all all sorts of other reasons but um uh yeah that's me really i i um you know it's it's, it's a little bit rich to to kind of talk about people who are fame hungry when when you make your living on tv but for me it was all it's always been about the love of the sport that, that's that's what it is and obviously i've got there's a bit of an ego involved because you wouldn't you wouldn't do that kind of job if you didn't have um some kind of an ego but it's always been about the sport for me that that's that's always been the, the focus that's what i absolutely absolutely love so you won't really find me commenting on on anything other than that to be honest because um i am perfectly happy with people not having the faintest idea what i do <laughs> day to day in, in my own personal life it's not uh it's just a no interest in me that um but if, but if you want to engage me on on um, on the subject of boxing then yeah bring awesome. it I've got one more question, Andy, that has just come to mind. Um, if you were going to do your own <laughs> podcast um, entitled Help, or whatever you want, to be honest, and you're in a bath, who from the boxing world, whether, yeah, who from the boxing world would you want on the other end in a tub? Oh, I tell you what, you'd, 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 you'd have a great time doing this with, with, with fighters because there's, they are... They are fascinating individuals because they, they're in this sport where they do receive help from trainers and they're looking for help from nutritionists and psychologists and all the rest of it. But when they walk up the steps, they're by themselves uh, and there's just no getting away from that. Um, it, is, it is a very lonely kind of sport in that, in that sense. So the, the notion of help for them, like you, you get such interesting stuff out of them and you could, you could pick pretty much anyone. To be honest, um, I mean right, Frank yeah. Bruno. Frank Bruno would be really interesting on that with some of the things that he's that he's gone through. Someone like Ricky Hatton would be really interesting on it. <laughs> when they it's retire, the they when they retire, they they a lot a lot of athletes struggle when they retire, but top fighters often have a really hard time when they retire, and that's when they need help the most. Um, getting through that two years, they generally say, is the real eye of the storm after they hang up the gloves because you can't replace the adrenaline and the attention and uh, and even if they haven't really made that much money, it's just that it's just that feeling of 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 fighting, basically. Like you, you can, yeah. I mean, if um, it'd be a great subject for them, actually. I might steal that and, and do that. <laughs> <laughs> not in the so back. Then, not in the back. So, so then, if you steal that, then I'm going to ask you for help in a recommendation to get a boxer in the in the bath with me. And oh, I can definitely do that. Yeah, we'll yeah, do I a little swap. Yeah. Um, so, Mr. Andy, Mr. Andrew Clark, thank you very much for joining me in the tub, um, ladies and gents. It's been an awesome podcast. And I'll tell you a little bit more about what I've learned in Final Thoughts. Bye. <laughs> so, everyone, here we are at the end of another podcast. As you've probably already realised, we recorded this podcast before, as I've said before, the world realised that racism still existed. So, we didn't speak about that. 
But what we did talk about was still very interesting. Now, there's a bunch of things that I've written down or noted in my head about the podcast. Just tell me, what do you think? Do you think helping people or the feeling that we get from helping people is an underrated experience? Do you believe that people who are successful or people who are, I guess, in the middle of creating change, do you believe that there's nothing special about them and that anyone can do it with with hard work, sweat, determination, blood and tears? Do you believe it's, it's good karma? Like, do you believe it's good for your soul, like helping people? And finally, one thing that I'd really like some some comment on is something that, that Andy said, which is going to stick with me. <laughs> and I'm going to reference this and quote this. And that is the rabid pursuit of celebrity status for the sake of celebrity status. And are we or those that pursue that celebrity status... Are they mentally prepared for what is going to come? Now, I've had a think about it. And I'm going to ask you guys. I'm going to ask people this question. Like, what are we doing realistically on a day-to-day basis to help bulletproof our minds? And is that even possible? Like, we can't possibly prepare for every eventuality but my question is from a mental perspective what are we preparing for how do we prepare for anything final thoughts